Section 1 of Word Portraits of Famous Writers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo. Word Portraits of Famous Writers. Edited by Mabel E. Watton. Joseph Addison, 1672 to 1719 from temple bar 1874 of his personal appearance we have at least two portraits by good hands before us are three carefully engraved portraits of him but there is a great dissimilarity between the three except in the wig sir godfrey kneller painted one of these portraits which is entirely unlike the two others let us however give sir godfrey the credit of the best picture and judge addison's appearance from that the wig almost prevents our judging the shape of the head yet it seems very high behind the forehead is very lofty the sort of forehead which is called commanding by those people who do not know that some of the least decided men in the world have had high foreheads the eyebrows are delicately penciled yet show a vast deal of vigor and expression they are what his old latin friends who knew so well the power of expression in the eyebrow would have called supercilious and yet the nasal end of the supercilium is only slightly raised and it droops pleasantly at the temporal end so that there is nothing satanic or ill-natured about it the eyebrow of addison according to kneller seems to say you are a greater fool than you think yourself to be but i would die sooner than tell you so the eye which is generally supposed to convey so much expression but which very often does not is very much like the eyes of other amiable and talented people the nose is long as becomes an orthodox wig quite as long we should say as the nose of any member of peel's famous long nose ministry and quite as delicately chiselled the mouth is very tender and beautiful firm yet with a delicate curve upwards at each end of the upper lip suggestive of a good joke and a calm waiting to hear if any man is going to beat it below the mouth there follows of course the nearly inevitable double chin of the eighteenth century with a deep incision in the centre of the jawbone which shows through the flesh like a dimple on the whole a singularly handsome and pleasant face wanting the wonderful form which one sees in the faces of shakespeare prior congreve castlereagh byron or napoleon but still extremely fine of its own from johnson's lives of the poets of his habits or external matters nothing is so often mentioned as that timorous or sullen taciturnity which his friends called modesty by too mild a name steele mentions with great tenderness that remarkable bashfulness which is a cloak that hides and muffles merit and tells us that his abilities were covered only by modesty which doubles the beauties which are seen and gives credit and esteem to all that are concealed chesterfield affirms that 
Addison was the most timorous and awkward man that he ever saw. And Addison, speaking of his own deficiency in conversation, used to say of himself that, with respect to intellectual wealth, he could draw bills for a thousand pounds, though he had not a guinea in his pocket. Addison's conversation, says Pope, had something in it more charming than I have found in any other man. But this was only one familiar. Before strangers, or perhaps a single stranger, he preserved his dignity by a stiff silence. End of section one.